You're now listening to Hack and Grow Rich with Shaheen Shayan and his co-host, Bart Baggett, where we discuss hacking your way to success and the unconventional paths to unreasonable success with the people who've been there. And now, the author of Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult, Shaheen Shayan. And for me, the only thing I can control is what I believe now and what I do now. It's very hard for me to control what my ancestors did, especially going back more than one or two generations, even the narrative. I can't control the narrative, much less the actions they did. Yeah, it's true. It's true. There's some people who think that there's uh, something called epigenetics. Have you heard about that before? It sounds very Uh, Nazism. Is that where we're going now? Is this the topic we're going? No, no, no. But just 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 that some memories... Uh, may be stored within our DNA. Like there's certain things where, you know, they used to think that evolution took tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of years or however long they said for us to evolve, right? How long does it take to lose a tail is some crazy amount of time, like way beyond our understanding. But what scientists now are arguing, and they have been for some time, is that there is a part of our DNA that remembers trauma. There's a part of our DNA that remembers the past much closer, even one generation, two generations behind. There's people who say, man, you know, my grandfather died from uh, lung cancer and I can't stand the smell or taste of cigarettes. A lot of this stuff is anecdotal. You know, there's no real way to prove it right now, even though there's, there's a lot of scientists trying to, to work on that. But I think, I think it's interesting. I think there, there is something to the fact that as a, as a global organism, there may be some type of uh, uh, communal memory, some type of memory that's stored within our our genes that can be pulled up by future generations. I, I don't think that that's, you know, I'm of course not a scientist and I can't speak to this scientifically, but I think there, there's a lot of potential uh, for us learning about that, which brings me to our topic for tonight, which is strategy. And I was going to ask you about this too. So I was talking to a friend of mine today and he was telling me about all these great laid plans that he has. And he says, man, if you want to succeed, if you want to go from 5 million to 50 million, you really need a plan. And I looked at him and I, with the biggest smile I've mustered in a long time, said bullshit. He said, what do you mean? I said, you can have all the plans you want to in the world, but that doesn't equate to you succeeding. We all have plans. Everyone's got plans. That and 50 cents and you can buy a Coke. It's execution of strategy that leads to success. It's not the planning. And the reason why I believe very strongly that planning really is one of the most irrelevant activities that you can do is because things never wind up the way that we plan them. Never. It's always a different way. And I'm, I'm relating to business in particular. You and me can have a, a, a plan right now and say, hey, we're going to make half a billion bucks this year. And you'd be like, yeah, that's great. We now have a plan. Okay. What do you do with that? Nothing. So how do you like to think about planning and strategy and, and goal setting part. I know you, through your program, Prism, coach a lot of people to become successful. You do a lot of success-driven coaching, and I know you've been in that world for a while. Tell me a little bit about what some of your thoughts might be on that. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've worked with some um, people that do life coaching and counseling and even psychiatrists, and, and I don't consider myself a life coach, but I have been on stage, like at Tony Robbins, where you're helping move groups into making different decisions, and I, I love when I get a chance to, to spend some time on stage. One of the pieces of the puzzle that I have found effective, not only from observing someone like a Tony Robbins who does it on a massive scale with thousands of people in the audience and people who do it on a one-on-one scale, is that um, – most people's goals and specific tangible plans don't come true on a short-term basis. And so you have to be incredibly flexible as your, as your day and your year is unfolding. So a better way to, uh, I guess, I, I, I hesitate to use the word manifest, but let's say create something you don't have, acquire something you don't have. If you don't have a mate, how do you find one? Instead of creating a plan, what you want to do is get people really congruent in their values so that they're consistently making the same decision over and over and over, and that decision leads them to their own nirvana, whether that value is freedom or that value is love or that value is companionship or family. If they're clear on that, no matter what obstacle pops up, they're going to navigate around it and get back on track. Because COVID's going to happen to to life, not necessarily again. But if it wasn't COVID, it was a stock market. It was the real estate crash. It was uh, your 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 mother had cancer. Like these things happen in life. And if you have the right strategy and you have the right values and you're aligned with them, you can get it. I'll give you an example. One of the techniques that I developed and had a lot a lot of contribution with a lot of great people like John Asaroff is instead of just writing your goals down. Uh, I create a sort of a incantation, so it's kind of a future pacing, and it's something that I would listen to auditorily saying, I own a house, I own this property, I have a business that makes this much revenue. Nothing in that sort of planning, or I say the word planning, nothing in that incantation um, or that self-guided meditation is a plan. And it's not a goal. It's simply me visualizing what I have at the end. So in between what I don't have, which is now, and what I think I want to have, which is a big house on a lake, I don't know how I'm going to get there. But every day or every week, I'm programming myself that I can get there. So it gives me the flexibility to navigate around any obstacle and take advantage of a particular opportunity that I wouldn't have seen. So I'm agreeing with you, Shaheen, is that planning is better than not planning <laughs> if, if, you, if you don't have any goals whatsoever. But if you do have goals, I think you have to seek out the right strategy in order to get there and then be incredibly flexible to adapt on the way. You've got to be super flexible and you've got to know where you're going. So the direction is more important than the goal. I think that's what I'm saying. I love that. I love that. And I think I would add to that, uh, yes, I, I like the thought that you're having. And I like the fact that my takeaway from what you said is that you have to have clarity and that you need to have flexibility because stuff changes. And that's, that's super important. Yeah. I teach that to people when they take my Amazon course, by the way, if anyone's interested, reach out, I'll give you my Amazon course for free, teach you how to make money on Amazon. Uh, my email directly is D-A-R-K. Z-E-S-S at gmail.com. Reach out to me, ask for the one hour course. I'll give that to you for free. But my thought also uh, from what you said is I really believe that you need to have a strategy first and then a goal. Why? Because your strategy is going to lead you to what your goals are going to be. And goals are good as far as them just being kind of like 
a, a mark in the field as far as like where you're going to be running to like a, a finish line uh, or a marker in the road as far as, hey, we're going from here to there. But when you get there, it might not be enough. You might want to go further. You may find a fork in the road that takes you to a better destination. So the goal, I believe, should come after the strategy. And the strategy also should be broken down into two parts. One is strategy and two is tactics. What's the difference between those two? Strategy is the system that you're going to use to get get what you want. And the tactics are the individual action steps that you're going to take to achieve that. So you said a lot there. I totally agree with strategy. And strategic thinking is not everybody's bag. Like that's why CEOs make the kind of money they make when they make good money is because they're bringing strategy and then they're getting a team of other people to figure out the right tactics. And so whether you have a, a 10-person business or a 100-person business, you know, you really should be focused on the relationships and the strategies. And if you choose it wrong, and maybe Putin did, maybe he picked a bad strategy, maybe he, he – and then the tactics completely failed. I'm not sure. And if you take the war metaphor, I am totally in agreement with you that goal setting can lead to quite a bit of disappointment if you don't get the goal, you're disappointed. But if you get the goal – you're really disappointed about a month later because the dopamine wears off, the gold medals are handed out, yeah. and then what's next? And so, which is why I've always, at least in, in, even in the Rich and Happy book, which I published almost 20 years ago, it was about moving in a direction of what emotion you want consistently in your life. And if that emotion is creativity and love and family, even if you get the house or don't get the house, you can still win. Because you're you're living your life with a certain set of values, and you're also let's say let's say your value is financial security. Well, that would include money. So you got to get money. So you're going to have financial wins along the way just to make sure that you're safe and you're secure. So it's all you can still have the goals. And I love winning, and I love doing things that win. And I totally am agreeing that when you get down to the tactical level, maybe acquiring that company, maybe crossing the ten million dollar mark. Those are all targets, and they're important. But if you don't do it, you better not go home and yell at your family yeah. because your family is much more important in the scheme of things than whether you got 9 or $10 million that year. So I couldn't agree with you more. But the problem is if you don't own a business right now, if, you, if you've never managed a team of 50 people, if you haven't ever sold a company, you may wonder how does this apply to you? the tactic versus the strategy. And so for example, if you're saying, hey, I'm in a dead end job, let's say you're making good, you're making middle middle wages, right? You work for a, a big company, but you're like, I wanna be free, I wanna be an entrepreneur. You know, jumping ship into being an entrepreneur may be a terrible decision for you at this moment. I mean, there is a lot of, of, of knowledge that moves around all the pieces of a business. Whereas what you really want is an extra $500 a month or 10, or, you know, five, or say a couple thousand dollars a month. Maybe a side hustle is the better strategy than quitting your job and jumping into a new business. So that's when it comes to strategy. How do you get what you want? Because don't get roped into the next guy that says, come work with me in my most level marketing because you'll be rich. Because that strategy may backfire. Yeah, it's, it's totally true. And to your point, I, I charge a lot of money to do Amazon for companies. So Fortune 50s, Fortune 500 startups, VCs, bring me their companies and they're like, show us how to make them succeed on Amazon. 
And I do it for them and we execute and we strategize, but really what they're paying me for is strategy. If you want to become a high paid consultant, if you want to get paid a lot in life, just learn strategy. There's a lot of people out there who can execute. For example, with graphic design, I love to use this as an example. Don't become a graphic designer. Learn graphic strategy, design strategy, branding strategy, and then you can hire people overseas for 10 bucks an hour, 15 bucks an hour to do brilliant design. Because the problem is, while they might be very technically proficient and know the software like the back of their hand, they don't know the strategy. So you really want to become a strategist in life and you want to master the art of doing that. And I think, uh, Bart, with that said, unless there's anything you want to contribute to that. I do want to contribute. Um, yeah. One of my favorite TV shows is called Mad Men and it has takes place in the 60s and he's an advertising executive. And the guy that creates the strategy for the ad campaign is the highest paid person in the building. Yeah. So a friend of mine, almost 20 years ago, helped write the slogan, Motel 6, we'll leave the light on for you. It's seven words, right? Yeah. But it absolutely captured this this homey wonder. And then it became a brand in itself, five or ten words. So that guy, I think it's called the Richards Agency in Texas, You know, he helped create the brand. So that guy is probably the highest paid guy in the room. He didn't draw the pencil. He didn't do the jingle. He didn't, ex he didn't buy the ads. He didn't buy the billboards. Those are all tactical decisions. So that's why copywriters are paid so high. That's why strategists, even even life coaches, which again I, I don't I don't offer myself as those services, they're really good when they're good because they can sometimes see things that you can't. Like I always wish that if I was in a motor race, I would have a drone above me to look at all the roads to find out where the shortcut is. That's the way I see myself when I work with attorneys and I work with companies is I have this wonderful ability to see like a 10,000 foot view and see all the different options where when you're in the mud and you're in the forest, it's really hard to see all the options. And so that's when I bring in some out and help and that's when people bring me in. And the same thing with you. I was having dinner. I didn't tell you the story with a couple of guys. Both of them, at least one of them was making about $100 million a year only on Amazon. These guys were really big sellers, right? And big, wow. you know, and and none of their faces on anything. And I was like, oh, it's so jealous. I want a company like that where my face isn't on there. And I know a guy that can help me, Shaheen, right? And he goes, yeah, but just a second. He goes, a few times without me knowing, they turned off one of my accounts. I had a million dollars on a ship out there, and that was wasted inventory. Mm. And I was like, whoa, that kind of risk. He's like, look, if you're gonna make a hundred million a year, you're gonna risk a lot of stuff. Yeah. He had the big strategy correctly, but he lamented the fact that all his eggs were kind of in one basket. So what I'm saying is even if you have a $100 million company, life can happen and all of a sudden you could be seriously derailed because maybe you didn't keep enough cash flow on hand. And I know that you've got success stories, maybe not those numbers on a consistent basis. You're not going to share those numbers. But you also have people that, that have come into the course and they're like, this is my last $4,000. Can you save me? And you're like, no, I'm not taking your money. Like I can't save you if you only have 4,000 because the first thing we do may not work. But the strategy is we're going to get you a business that consistently pays you money for the next eight years. That's I, I, I'm not putting words in your mouth. Is that the yeah. bigger strategy? And you can do it part-time. So you may fail the first or second time. God knows how many businesses I've blown up or ideas that didn't work. But 
the long-term strategy is I'm going to be the boss. I'm going to create recurring revenue. And whether it's Amazon or it's Etsy or it's Facebook, you'll find us, you'll find a solution. Is that kind of what you're suggesting as far as strategy versus tactics? Yeah, totally. And, and also I think that we oftentimes think that the work is sitting at our desk, sitting at our computer, responding to emails, uh, making phone calls, having meetings, becoming busy and important. Bullshit. That's not the work. The work is the thinking. The work is the heavy lifting that we have to do up here. Because if you can get clear here in your head about what your strategy is, then you turn your brain off and you execute. You delegate. You you, you do the actions, the tactics necessary to achieve the outcome. And, and to your point, it may succeed or it may fail. If it fails, we won't fail to learn the lesson and improve and change. And the next time we'll do it, we won't make those same mistakes. And we continue to improve. And that's how you succeed, by creating predictable recurring revenue streams. And again, for anybody that's interested, if you want my Amazon course, I'm going to give it to you for free. Reach out to me directly. Mention one hour course. Uh, and also uh, a new business that we just launched, by the way, Bart, that I know you and I have been talking about is Podcast Cola. What is Podcast Cola? Podcast Cola is our podcast booking agency. If you enjoyed this show and are interested in getting booked on great shows like this one and, and other fantastic podcasts, we get you unlimited guaranteed bookings for a simple flat rate. And our clients are loving us. We've had clients featured on all kinds of podcasts, and we're super, super excited about the service. So anybody that's interested in this, just go to podcastcola.com and book a discovery call. Again, that's going to be podcastcola.com. Book a discovery call with us, and I would love to get to know you and see how we could better tell your story through podcasts. And I'll put that in the Facebook group as well. I love this company, Shaheen, and I'll tell you why. A lot of people are just shocked and amazed that I did fifteen or 1,600 interviews when I was promoting my books in the 90s and 2000. In fact, I had a person recently call me a liar and say, you can't physically do 1,600 interviews. He said, were you doing like three a week for 10 years? I'm like, yep. Got up at four in the morning, got up at seven in the morning. But the difference was I had a full-time booker. And so I had a guy that I paid over 100000 a year. So you think 1500 a month or 2000 is nothing. I mean, 100000 a year, 150000 a year, he booked the shows and he got part of the revenue. And so without that guy booking it, I would never have been able to be on Jeff and Jer and Howard Stern and all these really big, I mean, the biggest radio and TV shows in the country in the 90s and 2000s. So that service is really golden because most people, if they give it 20 or 30 shows, they're going to be good. They're going to learn how to do it. I know it was 70, 80 shows before I felt like I was even moderately competent and being a guest. And yeah. so that's a really good service. And now that radio is dead compared to podcasts as far as a medium for guests, I know it's still relevant. Obviously, if you got a Howard Stern or Rick Dees, it'd be relevant. But, but the world has changed so much in 20 years. That podcast interview uh, will stay on the internet for many, many years. 
And so if you're uh, launching a book or creating a business service, you'll get leads coming through there for many, many years later. So it's a great thing. And then one day you'll all of a sudden get on our show or a Joe Rogan show or a show with millions of people and it'll be a home run for you. But you've got to pay the dues and do those 60, 70, 80 podcasts that no one's listening to today so that you can get great. I know, I know it looks easy what we're doing here today, but, but we're both professionals. Don't try this at home. <laughs> not, not only that, Bart, one thing that I've learned from you that I think you are very professional at is that you are a master salesman. And I know that you and I look at that. You are a master salesman because you know how to sell through story. And here's the thing. When you're placing a Facebook ad, you're placing a LinkedIn ad, you're trying to make money doing social media marketing and doing that kind of stuff, there isn't enough time to tell a story. People get to know you through the stories that you tell, through all the great stories that you guys have heard on this channel, through Bart, through me, of all our wild times, the times of herbal ecstasy. By the way, I didn't mention my book, but make sure to check out Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult, available on Amazon, Audible, wherever books are found. The film is coming out soon, so please check that out. If you like the stuff that we're talking about, check out my book, Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult. But you get most engaged with your audience when you're able to tell a story and drive them to the conclusion that they want what it is that you're offering because you've told them a great story and they connect with that story. And what we've discovered in recent days is that short form just isn't enough time. I don't get to know you, bro, in, in, in the five seconds I'm swiping on on, on my Instagram. Most people are swiping on their Instagram, then five different alerts come on, their Tinder comes up, their this comes up, their WhatsApp is ringing and they, they lose you. But when they get in their car and they're in that box for the next hour on their commute and they've got your podcast on play and they're listening to a show you've done with a host that they love, they're going to be engaged and they're going to listen to that. And then they're going to get to the office and they're going to go, you know what? I, I, I'm interested in what so-and-so said on that podcast. I'm going to look them up. And that's where your call to action comes to play. So again, guys, if you want to be featured on this show or other great shows, I know Bart, you've got a podcast coming out, the Bart Baggett Show, which I'm excited to start listening to. Thank you. It's going to be great. And, and um, you know, I've got a couple of books on Audible and Amazon, but if you just go to getbartsbook.com, you can download it for free. I've got some cool videos and stuff. Again, I don't need to make money off the books, but if you could share it and like it and, you know, leave some good reviews on Amazon, it helps build a worldwide audience because at this point in my life, I, I just want you to have the tools to change and to help your friends and, and loved ones also change. And, and I think most people that have written books, they're lost leaders. We don't make money on books necessarily, but in the long term, you can make a lot of change and you can build an audience. And so if you want advice on that, please reach out to the show. We'll do some more interesting conversations for those business owners that want to use long form, short term advertising. Uh, fascinating. But you're right. I think the purpose of these short form ads, including TikTok, which is invaluable, is to get their attention, but then move them into a conversation and relationship. Because that's when transactions happen. That's when people yep. trust you. When they listen to an hour and a half of podcast, they begin to know you. And like, you know what? I'd go to Las Vegas and hang out with Bart for a weekend at a seminar, or I'd fly to Dallas and, and uh, go to an event. And, and that's when I think the real long-term relationships happen. Some of my very best friends um, have come through my books, meaning they showed up at a seminar 
And now they're my, one of my 10 best friends because they were clients. And, and that just goes to speak that whatever I was putting out in the world, whatever book or message they heard rated, they went, you know, I like that dude. I'll go spend a grand and hang out with him and some friends. And now they're like tight. Can you believe that? Like, so it's not just customers. You develop relationships with people. And, and that's yeah. who I want to work with anyway. Like, I want my closest friends to also be in business. That's a really fun way to live life. So, yeah, do podcast. Do, do Shaheen's thing. All right, guys. So that's podcastcola.com. Bart, do you want to give one book that you've been reading, a podcast you've been listening to, anything interesting as a takeaway for our viewers? I mean, your stuff is great. Getbartsbook.com. But is there anything that's top of mind for you that you think people might enjoy? Yeah, I, I'm reading a book right now and I'm looking on Audible just so I get the name right. And, and it's been one of my really fascinating. And, and I don't know if if all of it will come out in either my books or even my stand-up comedy, but I'm so enthralled by the research of this guy. And it's by a guy named Seth Stevens Davis, and it's called Everybody Lies. Big data, new data, and what the internet can tell you about who you really are. Seth Stevens Davidowitz. So Everybody Lies, it's so good because it talks about Google Trends, and you find out that what people are really doing is profoundly different than what they say they're doing on surveys. And I won't ruin it for you, but I will tell you, he goes a deep dive of how much porn you're watching, Missouri. <laughs> yeah. Don't ever, don't ever Google trends, go on Google and find out what porn keywords people are looking at and which you don't want to know it's, but it's yeah. not just, obviously he used that as a great example, and, and, and but Mark- it's so shocking what people really are concerned about like the size of my PP, for example, men Google that 10 times the one versus what women care about. It's fascinating. Did you just show your phone to the screen? I think I that's did. hilarious. It's like my dad, you know, to this day, my dad sends me gifts and this is what he does. He goes on the internet on his computer and he finds an image like a GIF and he will take a picture with his camera of his screen and send it to me. It's easier that way, you know, <laughs> dragging a gift. Yeah, no, that's, so that's a book I'm going to listen to. Again, I probably okay. spent 40, 50 bucks on Audible just last week because I've been traveling a lot. And I don't yeah. see, I don't, when I drive, when I get in the plane, like I want to learn and you keep learning and learning and learning. And it all comes out at some point, you know, whether it's my comedy or my self-help stuff, you know, doesn't really come out in court or with, you know, attorneys, but. So it's good. Hey, this is a fun show. Let's yeah. um, let's let's do this again really soon. I know we're both going to be out of town, but for those of you listening, please subscribe. Please like. Uh, please like all of our YouTube channels. Just hit Google Bart Baggett and Shaheen Cheyenne and uh, follow us, man. We'll like to connect with you. Leave us messages. We'll read the messages and maybe even we'll have you on the show or some recommended topics. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much, Bart. You are the man. Great to see you. Love the new studio. And guys, we'll be on hopefully next week. So if there's topics, make sure you like and subscribe us. We are Hack and Grow Rich on YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever podcasts are found. We bring you this content out of the goodness of our heart. We do not make money for doing this show. We do not have sponsors as of yet. We are doing this just to bring value. So if anything that we've done or said here brings value to you, the best way to support us now is to leave your comments, share and like, uh, and leave us a review on any of those channels. Again, I'm Shaheen Shan and my co-host Bart Baggett, and we will see you next week. Hey guys.